1: to now. No opportunity wasted. I'm your host, Angelica Ross, and we are going to continue this conversation with Aaron Axelman on the film Israeliism. I had to break it into two parts because there was just so much to unpack. In the last episode, we learned about pink washing. We learned the difference between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, and we also learned the importance of identifying the real culprit, white supremacy, and that we all must stand together to, we all must stand together and stand up against all instances of white supremacy, oppression, racism, and violence. When we say never again, we should mean that ish. You hear me? So before we get back into that conversation, today is March 1st, and I want to read from our quote, Buddhism Day by Day, Wisdom for Modern Life, by my mentor Daisaku Ikeda. And March 1st says, quote, words can either be the root of discord or a force for unity. They can be the origin of deception or the key to learning. They can be the instruments of plotting and intrigue or weapons for truth and wisdom. That is why it is so crucial to speak out ever more vigorously for what is right. Again, these Buddhist words be always on time, honey. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation. Part two of Faith and Fallacy, Israelism with Aaron Axelman. What is the, what has it been like to have someone like Simone who, I mean, to me embodies what I would hear as your nice Jewish girl, you know what I mean? Like I'm watching Sex and the City, I feel like she's what they, nice Jewish girl, the one you, like just pretty, young, smart, you know, respectable, all these different things what would the strategy look like with both of you uh taking this on together
0: yeah it was it, w- it was interesting yeah and, you know i i you know i realized that i was queer you know as i said before you know at 15 but i you know I, I grew up in trump country in rural maine and you know up until that point you know i thought that i was you know i'm jewish but you know i didn't understand how jews were kind of white kind of not so it seemed like i was a white person i was like a white man i was like yeah life's not that bad and then at 15 i was like oh shit the world is not nearly as friendly as it was, and I realized mm-hmm. at that point that 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 my life was in danger. I mean, you know, in, in, in real ways. I mean, people, you know, it was, you know, I I grew up in a very rural, pretty wild place, um, and I, I I realized that the world, you know, that 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 kindness was not something that was was it was a given in the world. And I realized mm-hmm. that the world was incredibly fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was knew it before that, but it became very real to me as a young person. Um, and that has, you know, that's been, that that's driven my, you know, my life ever since. And I, But it's well, I didn't actually come out publicly until 2018. Wow. Um, so, and a pose was actually, it was, was a really inspiring thing for me. And I didn't wow. come out as like, I didn't come out as trans until like 2020. And I only changed my name uh, from Eric to Aaron like five months ago. Wow. Uh, so it's been, it's been, and uh, I'm not so on hormones you know, yet. I'm thinking so, about it.
1: Well, this is the thing. So, you know, and, and I, mean, I mean, maybe you don't fully know as this is like your beginning of a journey for you. But it's like, that alone is a challenge. So to throw this on top of all of that, while you're in the spotlight of criticism, have you seen these pieces of your identity be weaponized in this process?
0: Only a little bit, which is honestly pretty surprising. I mean, obviously people attack me all the time now. That's just, that's just what it is. But honestly, only a couple times, there was like this crazy, this like crazy right, you know, far right wing paper that like Tucker Carlson helped create a while back called like, what's it called? Like the Daily Caller. And mm. they made, they made one article where it's like trans, you know, trans director, blah, blah, blah. And they did like, but honestly, apart from that, it, not very much. And that's been, it's been pretty wild, you know, because I've kind of, you know, I came out, you know, kind of as the film was being created. It's been kind of cool that people have kind of focused on the film itself and not that I'm trans that much. And obviously I'm down to talk about being trans anytime. Like it's, you know, I, that's why I'm so grateful to you and other people who were publicly trans and just made made. possible. Well, that I have possible. to tell
1: you, the, the, I have learned, everything that I've learned, especially initially about all this was from a trans Jewish Anti-Zionist person um, named Ita and they, uh, and I think she goes by she pronouns too. But just so brilliant, just like I, I would just sit and listen to this person talk, and I'm just like, wow. And then I, and then it just became such a trusted for me. I think queer people, as we reject sort of the boundaries that society puts on us, because they're there. Whether you are Jewish, Black, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, you know, whatever it is, like initially there are these boundaries, but it is the queerness that helps us to break through these barriers and to speak to a truth that we know is not always seen or talked about
0: it shows us that the world is not how it is. The world is not how we always see it. Like, yeah, like being queer, I think, shows you just different layers of how the world works. And I think has been very helpful for me. And yeah, and being able to to investigate, you know, and and, and see deeper layers than what I thought. And again, and, and you know, for, for Israel, again, like, we're, you know, we're really taught that it's this magical, mythical, almost perfect place. Um, and again, a lot of, and it, but what's great is that there also are, Israelis who speak up against the policies of the Israeli government and a lot of... I don't know. I don't think
1: we would be as far along as we are right now without Jewish anti-Zionists and folks who are willing to sort of like speak. We wouldn't be like... Because it would be... Because that's what was happening initially was everyone was being villainized immediately for speaking up on Palestine. So it wasn't until... You saw Jewish organizations uh standing up and speaking up that some of some of that lightened up.
0: Totally. No, and because you know, I think what we can do is we can show that look, like criticizing Israel is not anti-Semitic at all. Like Jews criticize Israel all the time. anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. I think also what we can show is that, you know, we can fight for Palestinian rights and fight anti-Semitism. Because anti-Semitism mm-hmm. is real. hatred of Jews conspiracy theories towards Jews. Again, I grew up in a place where people believed a lot of conspiracy theories towards Jews. Again, like people grew up talking about, you know, how Jews controlled the media, Jews controlled the banks. Totally crazy stuff, and people believe it. Again, the people in my hometown who vote for Trump, many of them believe it. Um, but I think what we can show is that, you know, again, as I talked about before, we have to be part of a multiracial movement against racism in all forms. That's how we find safety.
1: It's just like when someone does something bad, let's say a celebrity does something messed up and then a lot of folks in the public might easily slip into fat phobia into all kind of things that
0: exactly. just
1: are not aren't about, ad- that. Aren't about aren't that about that are not addressing the issue and you know so it's it's because it's one of those things where I think it it's a very delicate conversation to address the systemic development of Violence that has become what was once a defense mechanism, a defense mechanism of creating a sort of safety that has then become an indoctrination to sort of uh make an entire people susceptible to defending Israel in moments where it should be open to criticism and that is it's like this relationship thing of when you you know I think so many of us are used to this space where for so long the, the game plan was always we have a united front and then when we get back to the house I'm gonna tell you now you know you shouldn't have said that that was yeah. wrong that was so far left why would you say something like that we gotta do better and blah 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 but I think that things have gotten to a place where I think a certain element of integrity and transparency has to be had across intersections that says, and it's something that we see, I think, in political parties as well, where in the conservative right, you don't see the a level of accountability uh, with anyone of their, that's running over there, that's doing anything. But with a lot of Democrats, at least the democratic base, you see that, we have gotten to a place where we can't just have this united front without having conversations in the public eye, saying, hey, "Hey, no, 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 we don't just blindly follow along." Excuse me, that's ableist for me to say that, but we don't, we don't just follow along without question, without uh exactly. being informed, and that's okay. It's okay to ask questions. You are not anti-American. You are not uh, uh a dis. A disruption to the, the the status quo, or unless you need to be unless unless you literally need to be yeah. a disruption to the status quo because you are asking the right questions. It comes down to religion, even with Christianity as well, where having a blind, having again, having a people following and not having people be able to question the leadership of never a not, good thing never good thing of not being able to separate uh you know sort of church and state it's 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 a place where we're going to realize mayday mayday we have a problem and you know as as a queer and trans person I want to say to especially to those who are listening especially to my Jewish queer folks um especially you know um I grew up in the church and I grew up you know, studying Christianity and learning that I was an abomination and all these things. And what I know for certain is that all of these religions, all of these practices point back to a, a, the same source, whether you want to call it God, or whether you want to call it all these different things or what have you. And all across the world, we've had these teachings that have done their best over time at the times that they've had to, to, to speak to, to speak to and help the people make sense out of life and out of our existence and out of these spiritual places. And one thing that Maya Angelou has, has gifted us with is the saying of when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And, and it is one of these things that for especially queer and trans LGBTQ people of faith. I want you to know that no matter what faith background you come from is that there is evolving that is happening. Some of it has already happened. Some of it still needs to happen. Um, but that you do not have to give up your faith. You do not have to leave your culture. Um, but it's okay to ask questions of your culture and to to be a part of the energy and the the, 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 the people who make it better yeah. who who make your faith and those things more poignant and have actual val- validity because it's not being co-opted by colonizing efforts We have seen over centuries what violence and colonization and the lower elements of human desire have done to overshadow our spiritual purposes. And so like, I just really want to say Aaron that you um, are on a spiritual purpose right now. I am so grateful for the work that you're doing. Um, when I went and you and Simone, and when I, I watched this film, um, I, I had so many mixed emotions and a lot of, uh, the emotions was a, a influx of compassion for both Palestinian people and Israeli people. Like, if anything out there at all, because what's unfortunate about what Israel is doing is it is not helping. It is no. n- not helping. No. It's not good for Jewish people either. It's not, it's not good. good no, listen, it's, it's not, not helping good. the case of good. the people's feeling towards Israel. But let me yeah. tell you also what is not helping is people's Isra- uh, feelings towards America. And I am the same heat and energy that I feel right now for Israel and Netanyahu. I feel right now for America and Biden because it would not be happening without us funding and the money for the bombs. I know just here alone, Governor Kemp, Brian Kemp, here in the state of Georgia approved $10 10 million dollars of our taxpayer dollars to go to Israeli uh, war bonds. And so the ways in which our pol- our politicians, our government has been trying to divorce themselves from saying there's nothing they can do, well, maybe not may- maybe not much you can do now because Netanyahu has already turned us into his bitch basically and said that's cute America that you want to try to tell us to do anything, but we're friends and all, but you, we're not stopping what we're doing and we're not, you know, and, and seeing that we, but our leverage is gone. Yeah.
0: And, and what's so sad is that, again, we could change this again. If we had an American president who was willing to stand up and just say, no, you know, just it's, it's as easy. But our American
1: president identifies self identifies as a Zionist.
0: And, there's, and it's interesting, you know, and there's a lot of, I think, reasons why, and our film doesn't really get into this that much, but there's many reasons, independent of American Jews, why the American government has supported Israel so much. A lot of it's just military, they just see Israel as a key military ally. So totally independent of any relationship American Jews have with Israel, it's just that it's just a, a military ally that they think they can count on. Another part is Christian Zionism. And many people really believe, many Christians really believe in this kind of bizarre, um, theory that 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 if all the Jews go back to that land, the second coming will come. The second coming of Christ will occur, and many people also just have this because of the you know the the relation between the Old Testament and Christianity. They have this they have this strange, not necessarily obsession, but kind of just fascination with the Jews and with the Israeli state, and they love Israel. All these Christians just love Israel in this very bizarre way. Uh, and it's not even good for us because again, no. you know, the idea of the second rapture—the Jews do not do well in the second rapture. No, the second rapture happens. No, jews doesn't Not, not in work. their so story. No, not in their story. So there's there's a number of reasons, again, independent, you know, of American Jews, why America has supported Israel unconditionally, and it's deeply tragic because the Palestinians are the ones who have suffered every single time. Um, mm. And again, and it, it's you know, it's it's as you talked about before, you know, it, it takes all of us to fight this, and you know, luckily there have been amazing Jewish people the entire time to have criticized Mm -hmm. israel and who've been Mm -hmm. willing to look at the reality of israel as opposed to the fantasy of israel
1: Um, what would you say what would you say to a lot of this celebrity uh you see a lot of uh, jewish celebrities who have not yet this information hasn't hit them yet for some reason what will be Because the thing is, you have, they have platforms, they have many of them, millions of followers. Uh, What would you, what would, what is your message to Jewish celebrities here in America? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not that
0: hard for many of us to recognize we live in a country that has oppressed other people. Is it really that, is it really that strange that Israel has done similar things? It's like it's like, it's, it's not very hard for most of us to realize, yeah, like we live in a country and it has treated people in horrific ways. Is it really that difficult for us to realize that Israel has done very similar things? Like what makes us, what makes it so hard to believe that Israel has treated people that way? And I think a lot of it is that we, because of our history as oppressed people, we don't want to believe that we could oppress their people. We, we right. really don't want to believe that. Again, I don't want to believe that either. And again, I didn't believe that for a very long time. But once you see it, Again, as you say, you, you can't, can't unsee, unsee it. it. And I think what I would tell people is that, again, there's a really great line, I think, towards the end of our film um, from this really amazing rabbi named Rabbi Miriam Grossman. She says, you know, when you talk about Palestine, you are not risking your Jewish identity. You are not risking yeah, your Jewish history. That. The only thing you're risking is your denial, right? We are in denial about, about Israel. Mm-hmm. And again, Israel, again, I was in denial. Many of us are in denial about America, and we learn. You know, when we learn Paint that we have not been told me. the whole truth.
1: Paint a picture for me. What does it look like? What is the? What does it look like after the aha? After the aha moment that's, that so many Jewish people are able to detangle.
0: I mean, it's a lot of its tragedy because a lot of our communities are based around supporting Israel and a lot of our a lot of a lot of family, a lot of families, you know, our identity is, is largely about supporting Israel. So it's very difficult for a lot of young American Jews when they realize that, again, that the thing that they're supporting is oppressing other people. Um, it's very difficult because they often risk losing their closest relationships. And it's much, it's been much easier for me. My family's quite left wing. And when I began to really begin asking questions, my family moved, came along with me and they began asking the same questions. And and my dad spent time in Israel in the sixties. And he said that he always knew something was wrong. He always knew that there was something wrong. And so I'm very grateful that my family has, you know, has not, you know, they used to fully support me, where it's much more difficult for many people mm. because when you start criticizing Israel, it feels like you're criticizing your very community and you're criticizing the bonds of your community. So it's, it's not easy. Uh, it is, it's very hard and it can be very isolating. Um, but I think what's, what's so wonderful now is that there's massive Jewish communities. Who are just as Jewish as anybody else, and they also criticize Israel. They also say, "You know, not in my name." And they say, "To yes. live out our Jewish values to the best of our ability, we must fight for Palestinian rights." Partly because we must fight for the, you know, the rights of people all over the world, but also because it's it's our relatives and it's our people who are doing this, and so we have an extra responsibility to do whatever we can, whether big or small. But it's not easy, um, and I, and that's and, why you it, know,
1: and it's 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 also a part of what is keeping the status quo uh together because begin yep. the, the, the longer it takes for people to have this aha moment uh yep. the, the longer we're gonna be steeped in this kind of conflict. Yep. I, I want to uh encourage you and affirm you uh and to 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 I know it's real I know and I know for a lot of Jewish people out there it's gotta be this has gotta be very hard. This has got to be yep. really, really hard to kind of unpack and, and deal with. But I want to sort of not compare but to, uh, to offer the fact that as a Black trans person, um, I am a part of a lot of activists and advocates who right now are struggling with a similar kind of accountability with those who would be, I guess, considered the mainstream aspects of our Black community who have aligned with white supremacy. And it again, it is not, this is a very, it's very, Simple to like, sort of see once you see it, but they have uh, opted into taking up the tools of white supremacy, whether that is homophobia, xenophobia, uh, you know, uh, all classism, um, you know, patriarchy, all of these different uh tools that we have brought into our own community and have created oppression with, and now it's the situation where because white supremacy and racism has been a system that has been devastating to black and brown people and the violence of it all, what's unfortunate is that the oppressed can become an oppressor and you have, whether it is black people who have joined the police force or whether you have black people who are Democrats and are part of the people who are not helping us move forward and are also helping to, you know, uh, create uh, policies that are not uh, progressive, Um, it really is a place where we have to be as queer and trans people. I think we're going to continue to have to be the mirrors and hold up a mirror to our communities with love. In the same way that James Baldwin said that I love America so much that I reserve the right to criticize her and critique her perpetually. I want us to be better. I want us to do better. And that is not hate that is not being a self-hating Jewish person it's not being a self-hating black person to want to, uh, call on our people to rise up and be do better, better and to do better. What is next? No, for What is, what is what, like for you personally, as especially you're, you're on your, I mean, cause I would see this film definitely as a huge piece of advocacy. Thank and you. what I think is That's so amazing about this being an advocacy piece and you being a part of the community is that so many times people accuse folks in our community of being single issued or only caring about LGBTQ issues and, and standing there. And you have come out swinging on an issue that absolutely affects LGBTQ, people, sure, but it's not the central, uh the advocacy yeah. of this situation. Do Are you will you, are you going to be going into more advocacy? Are you doing more film work? Like, what is next for you? Yeah, that's a
0: good question. I mean,
1: we're, we're definitely going to, you know, this
0: film, I think, will have a pretty long lifespan. So I think, I mean, so right, right now we're on tour. I mean, I'm in Vancouver right now. We're doing a bunch of, we have a screening, actually. I'm going, uh, in two hours, I'm, I'm going to a screening wow. um, at the University of British Columbia. And then we have a bunch of screenings the next couple of days with like amazing you know activists, including Naomi Klein and, and Gabor Mate, who's a Holocaust survivor himself. So we're really honored that so many activists are see this film as as a useful tool, and that was that was a big goal of the film was to make a tool that you know that, that, that especially the Jewish left and that Palestinian activists would kind of it's run. Truly with, with incredible, taking. yes. And I mean you know so, you know we're doing a ridiculous number of screenings you know in the next few months, but also people are just organizing their own screenings now. I see all the time people are just projecting, you know, renting it for five bucks and projecting it, which is amazing. So, I mean, you know, I, I definitely will, you know, this will be my main thing, you know, for at least a year or two, I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, I, I, I co-founded with, with my my main um, uh, film partner, Sam, uh, a, a nonprofit production company, and, and we do other films too. This is the only one that I'm like creatively leading um, this film. He and I are leading it together. But, but the next thing, I mean, you know, I think one of the reasons why I think we were able to make an effective film was that it's based off our own story, right? Right. That we know really well right both in terms of the left-wing jewish community and the right-wing jewish community i know those worlds intimately so i could really get into those worlds so i think i got to figure out you know something that would i I have a personal affection to which there's a good chance you know i'll make something a documentary about trans folks
1: well let me Um, uh, let me let me give you at least this invitation uh this March, uh around the Trans Day of Visibility, I believe, uh, is our next annual um trans tech summit, um, sponsored by JP Morgan Chase. Uh, it's basically an online uh summit of t- uh teaching tech skills, everything from coding to, you know, being uh influencer do. and doing social media. Yeah. Thank you so much. And it's completely free. Uh, to our folks, but I would love uh, for you know we're just currently uh, accepting submissions for like folks to share their knowledge and things like that. Would love for you to swing by, and uh, I of think course. it would be incredible. I think we'd also can screen the we can maybe do a screen sure. of let's do you know, it. Let's oh my goodness, so it would be amazing because here's one of the things that I'm doing here in uh, Georgia is obviously people know that I have said goodbye to Hollywood. And again, I, sometimes I have to keep reiterating what I mean by that. And, uh, I, I, I'm not someone who likes wallowing in sickness. And when I realize that something is sick, I like to kind of sort of separate myself from that and heal. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of things from the stories we've heard from Cassie talking about her experience to the things we hear about actors all the time, whether it's heart with Harvey Weinstein or whether it's Ezra in the flash and different things like that. Like, it's so much violence and abusiveness uh, within Hollywood, but I have left that space to model with my own life what it looks like. It means to live a creative life because that's just who we are and Hollywood can, we cannot allow Hollywood to sort of, arrest and co-opt our dreams and make us feel like there's only one way to sort of achieve those dreams. And so one of the ways that I've been able to demystify sort of the path to Hollywood is to um, kind of reveal that as long as you're an asset into the space, whether that is sound, camera, lights, graphics, editing you know there's so many different things when it comes to production and filmmaking um and so that's really a huge part as well of the trans tech summit because i know so many of our people want to be in narratives and filmmaking and and all that and sometimes we only think about the front of the camera aspect of it but knowing that when you become a part when of the folks who roll their sleeves up and and create the narratives and tell the stories then You're not always waiting for someone to green light approve or, uh, you know, turn your life on like a light switch. Um, But I want to show our people how to access the technology that will put storytelling into their hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, our film, again, you know, we're a tiny nonprofit film production company. We're totally independent. You
1: know, wow. we've, been to on, we've
0: been trying to get on streaming sites and they're, they're not having it right now. So, wow. you know, we are totally independent. Of course and, they're not
1: having it. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're not having it. So again, you know, and you can do it. You know, we, you know, we don't make a lot of money, you know, and, and we do a lot of client work. So we, how we make a living is, is we often, you know, we make videos for left-wing organizations, and individuals, um, but through donations and through people renting the film, we're able to keep this project going. So, you know, we are- What is totally the name of your company? Uh, Takuna Lam Productions. T i k k u n o l a m. It's a Hebrew. It's a Hebrew
1: phrase. Okay. Well, listen. Um, we're gonna be put. We're gonna put a link to that into the, you, the you know the show thank description you. and all of that because listen, one thing that people have to understand is that when you see folks doing the work that we want to see happen, and folks, are, a lot of times we know that it costs advocacy. Many times does not pay. I don't uh, for know. For, who,
0: took us a long time to raise money for this film. In the first three years, we had we had no money. I, I basically funded it by tutoring. So I would just tutor high school students. I was going to say, to there was the
1: somebody, I, uh, I think it was Brad or Bob or Bill Axelman or somebody. Is there some? I saw another. That, a- that was my brother. That was my brother. Yeah, I yeah, was my, like, my, like. My brother
0: donated. My brother donated.
1: I saw a producer name on their Axelman. I said, I know that. I know that. That's yeah. a family member chipping in because yep. that's how much they believe in that. But, you know, it's, it's the fact that we do have to have these sort of side income streams and different things. Yep. And I, I want one of the things I want to say to folks listening is it is so important for you to be a patron of, to support um, in any way that you see, whether that is donating to nonprofits or whether that is just choosing to subscribe to to. um buy merch, whatever it is. Cause we do so much for the most problematic of celebrities and rappers and folks, you know, and I always, in Buddhism, we have this, uh, in our, the Lotus Sutra, it talks about becoming a celebrity of the mystic law. And basically all the mystic law is, is something that nods to the fact that no matter who you are and what body you are in, that everybody has an equal access to, the source that uh, gives us wisdom, enlightenment, compassion, and everything to be able to have an enlightened life. And so to become a celebrity of the mystic law is literally to become someone who is celebrated for being just some random person who is yet another example of how anybody can have this sort of life. And so know that you can create a life and be creative and be celebrated and be valued without having to align yourselves with oppressive systems. We are learning right now through so many movements that boycotts work, that a lot of things, listen, money is where people start to listen. It's all, I hate this, that that is the way that it is, but money talks. And so when, when you start hitting people's bottom line, all of a sudden people start making statements. So one of the most powerful parts of this documentary is the account and, and experience of ex-Israeli soldiers yep. who are telling you firsthand
0: what it's like to be an Israeli soldier.
1: One thing that I'm grateful for, for Buddhism, I will say, is it has given me the ability to have a kind of compassion for folks that sometimes people just don't have the range to have compassion for. Uh, When I thought about how these Israeli soldiers are trained to just occupy and completely just on command, occupy a Palestinian person's home to become a, a a a a presence of threat, and to when I saw like the story of one of the the military, one of the soldiers who brings him to the rest of the crew, and he does his job, and then sees that he's kind of a part of a system that is even taking it even further, and now is uh, uh, beating and being violent with this with this guy, and then imprisons this person, and what I thought was so infuriating to me was I remember seeing a clip on The View and I saw Whoopi Goldberg talking and there was a point in which one of the hosts was talking about the hostages, uh, about the Israeli hostages and was also talking about the Palestinian prisoners and hostages. Yep. And Whoopi Goldberg stopped the show, stopped the thing, and was just like, let me correct you. Those are not uh uh hostages, those are prisoners. Those are and kind of tried to make this distinction between the hostages uh that uh, you know, that Hamas has taken and the prisoners that are in prison without charges.
0: Yeah, you can just detain them. That's what—that's what it's like to live in a system without civil rights. Is that Israel and the West Bank can just detain Palestinians just detain. without So charge. all
1: of a sudden now, because this is what we—this—I need folks to connect the dots here. On just along with Rikers Island yep. here in New here in the United States, where Rikers is for many place a place where folks go just to await. Await going for to trial So sometimes. we don't know for years. For years we don't even know if they're guilty or not, or what the deal is. We ain't even gotten to all that yet. They're just being held. And Rikers is one of the most violent places yeah. on earth. And so yeah. to have a military occupation that can just grab somebody up at will, especially anybody who dares to use their platform journalists to do things, to talk about what's going on. And then you have people who easily, because here in America, the moment we hear about somebody put into prison, we start asking questions. What did they do? They must have been did something. Well, maybe they shouldn't have been outside at that. It's a whole bunch of all of a sudden excuses for why we start aligning with why it might be okay for folks to be... and so, I want to make it clear right here, right now, that as well, is that there are a lot of folks, when we talk about, because there was a, if I'm clear, and I think your film talked about this as well, I won't know, because this film was made before October 7th. And well before, is, well and before. That is what is wildly serendipitous. About this project is this was made before October seventh because our politicians and so many people when I tell you they have been on message to go back to October seventh, and the fact that you this has been this has been the nail this has been hitting the nail on the head this is this documentary right here has hit the nail on the head, especially when you are having The words come directly from Israeli soldiers who are telling you what it's like to not only do what they're doing, but to snap out as if they were like we've seen movies and films like this where people were under some sort of spell and they didn't realize they were being controlled by this thing and then realizing I've been lied to about so many things.
0: Totally. No, I think that's what's so tragic is that, you know, both American Jews who joined the Israeli military and Israelis, you're really told, like, you're defending the Jewish people, you're protecting the Jewish people. So you really believe that. But what you actually find is that, especially when people are stationed in the West Bank, what you're actually doing is you're upholding an apartheid system mm. in the West Bank. And so these young kids, again, like, you know, who really think that they're doing a good thing, they've been told by their adults that they're doing a wonderful thing, realize that they are very literally – Soldiers in one of the few apartheid systems in the entire world right now, where literally Palestinians, you know, you have Israeli settlers born next door to Palestinian citizens. The Palestinians are born into military law. They get tried in military courts. Yeah. They do not have due process. They do not get to vote in elections.
1: And they're literally and- called children of darkness. Like Netanyahu, like and it's, it's as yeah. if we want to ignore the fact that it's been very clearly communicated. There are no. Palestinian yeah. civilians there are no good Palestinians they're they're all children of darkness
0: and that's why it's like you know it's so it's so devastating because again it, you know a lot of the things that, that Netanyahu and various government ministers have saying been saying about Palestinians if you put if you replace the word Palestinian for Jew you realize that what they're saying is unbelievably racist but Palestinians have been so dehumanized in so much of you know our communications and our media I have people kind heard of just that ignore it. I
1: have heard that growing up as a black child in racist neighborhoods, that I'm a child of darkness. Yeah. So I, I know what it's like to be counted out before I've even had a chance to communicate yeah. to the world who I am. One of the things that I want our listeners to, to know is that if you are breathing and you are an adult, it, there is a very high chance that you have been lied to. About
0: a variety of things. About many about things.
1: About many things. So I I know we. Oh my goodness. So uh Jewish people, Christian folks, Black folks, Latinx folks, uh Caribbean folks, uh disabled folks, um folks with mental health issues, folks with addiction issues. I almost on every topic. Baby, I'm here to tell you, you have been lied to, and it is well past time that we start living in the light of truth, that we understand that is not just a cliche, but the truth will, in fact, set us all free, and understanding that none of us are free until we all are free.
0: No, thank you. And again, th- and, and and you know, and I think what's 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 also true is that again, that none of us are safe until all of us are safe too. And that you know, again, like, like you know, October seventh was was horrific. You know, I know people who whose whose family were killed, but the solution to that is not to kill 20 times more people. It's like the idea that people literally think, do you really think that killing 20 to 30 times more people is going to create safety? It's like it's just it's absolute madness. And the only way to actually create safety. Is to create a system in which all people have equal rights, yes. which all people are born into the same legal system.
1: Absolutely, um, because if
0: we don't create the conditions for hope, people are going to are you're going to find extreme conditions solutions for exactly. despair.
1: And yeah, exactly. And especially exactly. when you think about, like, again, it's not. I think people are so quick to call people Hamas sympathizers and all these different things. When you are someone who stands against violence, you're standing against all violence. Exactly. And so we don't want. I don't want to see any of this but what I, what I know is that you cannot tell half the story. And yes. that that is the only thing it's like when someone when you're talking about people born exactly. born into an open air prison, born yeah. into having your electricity, your internet, your water, yeah. the uh things bo- and then to see things like the Holy Land Trust I was looking at in your field. I literally I just have so many notes amazing organization that is incredible it, that has been doing work to like try to like provide help try to get clean water you know to the folks in palestine but even having their efforts sabotaged by the israeli uh military you know yeah. uh throwing dead animals into the water supply and things like that like when i would hear yeah. things like that i'm just like what's happening right now is evil it's it's evil and it's on and what's bad about it is you are it's it's striking up This anti-Semitism that's judging all Jewish people and all, you know, all folks without being able to pluck out the root of the evil
0: that is happening. No, and and that's why, again, you know, yeah. And that's why, you know, we can fight anti-Semitism while fighting.
1: We have to.
0: Right. We have to. And again, and and I really like what you talked about earlier. It's like we must, when we criticize Israel, we must criticize it on reality on facts and some people take it too far and they basically even though they fight for Palestinian freedom, they end up believing in crazy conspiracies, either about Israel or about all Jewish people. And again, like Israel again, we can talk about, we can criticize Israel based
1: on what they're doing.
0: You know what but I think I
1: think I think Israel does not control the world. But I think the 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 hard part to swallow and the hard part that needs to be unpacked is the systemic the built the building of a system. And so I think that it, it there there you, you know it's that's where people take things into I, you know sometimes I use the word wrong words I want to say hyperbole but I don't know if that's the right word I want to use but that's where people take things into such a extended place because they recognize a essence or something and then they take it and make it into this almost stereotype of something that can be yeah. used for racism for different things or whatever when. We can, we, there's very real uh, language for systemic oppression. And exactly. I think that exactly. is what we have to talk about because that is control, that is certain yes. things. But we can talk about, and because systemic things have receipts to them, unfortunately, like fortunately, Absolutely. we the thing we can do is follow the money, and then we mass can...
0: incarceration. Mass incarceration has receipts. You know, it's like we can we huge can, receipts. You see how these systems. You see how these systems are built into being. You see how the occupation has been built over many decades. Um, no, and and again, you know, I think hopefully, what our film also shows is that. I think, again, you know, because we've been so oppressed historically and because Jews have often been on the right side of history, you know, we fought for so many amazing social justice movements both in the U.S. and abroad. We want to believe that, again, that, that we couldn't do something like this. We really want to believe that it's like, we're not that different from anybody else. You know, it's like, just like, again, you know, you know, I, you know, our film, uh, one of the big inspirations for our film was this film, Jesus camp, which is, uh, you know, a film about kind of indoctrination. I've of, seen, of listen, Christians. I've
1: seen Jesus camp.
0: Yeah. Whoa. And again, we're I are not live th- you know, Jesus camp
1: actually, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. And again,
0: you know, we, we Jewish people have been oppressed like many other groups and we are vulnerable to being the oppressors and vulnerable to indoctrinating ourselves like many other communities.
1: Absolutely. And we're
0: not that different. We're not that different. And it's tragic. Um, it's actually, tragic, you know, but I
1: stand with you. I, I, I'm i standing 10 toes down with you because I want us, I you know, because I know that as a trans person, sometimes I get accused of, you know, there because there's sometimes there's this conversation of, are you black first? Or are you LGBTQ first? And it's like, <laughs> listen, baby, I'm all of it. Number one. I don't have to choose. I don't, I, don't have to I definitely do all. not have to choose, but yep. I think that, with so many things that we have experienced, you know, what, what I am re- feeling and realizing, and at least in my view and, and my approach as a leader, what I'm going to be advocating for is for us to start to study elements of of, of abolition and restorative justice and to start to offer accountability and uh, accountability and atonement both on a collective and individual level we as a culture have to start modeling what it looks like to say i messed up i'm sorry um to We To also create a space where we don't feel like these are an indictment on people's characters, but that we can actually, as human beings, have the actual muscle to change and grow, that we are an organism that can shift, that can do better, that can change. But in order to do that, we've got to start to get comfortable and conditioned with the cyclical nature of accountability because it's a pie that has infinite amount of slices. Yeah. And, and that's everybody why everybody can get a slice.
0: Yeah. And that's why I'm really proud, you know, of progressive Jewish people who've been willing, you know, to look reality and have been willing to change because it's not easy. And again, you know, it's, and that's why that's what gives me a lot of hope is that, you know, we're at a point now where polling shows before October 7th, that again, about 40% of Jews under 40 think Israel's committing the crime of apartheid. And all the, almost all those people, I'm sure, started out as pro-Israel right so a huge a huge proportion of our jewish community has already been willing to change and so now it's up to the rest of our community to change and it's not going to be easy but i do i truly do believe in my community's ability to change well i believe Um, in this film
1: and this film's ability to be a huge part of that change it it hit so deeply in my heart and i am not a jewish person and i It just made me feel so hopeful for Jewish people to be able to find purpose, healing, validity, refuge, all of the things that that they would want to find in their faith after we all heal from this. Thank
0: you. Thank you, my friend. No. And again, you know, your work has helped me heal too. Again, like, you know, the greatest trauma of my life was being queer, right? Was being, was growing up in a place that didn't accept me and having to, you know, hate myself for, Mm. you know, almost for 13 years, you know, that, that was, and, and the fact that you and so many other, you know, people, you know, you guys have done an amazing job by just being you. I mean, again, pose and and shows like it were huge for me in terms of just like, I'd never seen trans people on TV before ever. I didn't know what it was like to actually live, you know, a successful trans life and just be you. And so again, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very grateful. It came out, the you know, post came out when I was coming out. So it was like, it was, and seeing everything you've done, you've done really, really amazing stuff. So I'm, I'm very grateful, my friend.
1: All right. Well, I hope you learned something. Cause I sure did. I learned a lot. Thank you so much, Aaron, for just being amazing and doing this work. Thank you to your, co-director, Simone, for doing this work. This is such an important film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Google up, look up Israeliism. You can rent it right now and watch it, have a private screening, or you can rent it for a screening and book it. However you need to do it, I need everyone, everyone actually, to go see this film. Film, Israeliism. Now, before we go, I just want to drop one more breadcrumb of Buddhism. I don't really have the time. I'm in Los Angeles right now. I'm traveling right now. I'm packing. I just got my hair braided. I got. To, I'm about to head out to Issa Rae's soft launch of her uh, new lounge that she's uh, doing, and I'm flying out in the morning, so I can't fully go deeply into this breadcrumb. So I, it's truly going to be a breadcrumb today, and I just want to explain karma for a second. And I want us to understand that karma is not something that is good or bad. In Buddhism, we don't really as- associate things with good or bad. We focus more on cause and effect. And that we understand that even in this lifetime, before this lifetime, I, because Buddhism believes in reincarnation and the cyclical nature, and this ain't the first time at the rodeo for me. I've been here before. And so who knows in a world that is constantly being oppressive to women and to female energy and has been racist and have been all kinds of things, who knows how I participated in that in my previous body? I don't know. But all I know is how I'm living right now, period, is my karma. It's not good or bad. Because if you ask someone else, me being a black Trans woman would be bad karma, but baby, what I have learned is that it's a blessing to be black, trans, and feminine, and non-binary, and exactly who I am. This is my karma. This is what the, uh, the causes in my life have created the, this effect, and I am on such on purpose that Folks may call the simple fact that my mom and the struggles that I've had with my mom and her initially, you know, not being supportive and the things that she said to me, I've spoken about all these things before, but me being a black trans person in my family is bringing karma. So you call it good, call it bad, call it what you want to, but that's not what we do as especially as Buddhists. And that's where karma comes from. So we don't judge people based on that. We don't because everybody has karma and everybody has their own to deal with. So instead of judging folks based off of what you think is good or bad karma, focus on doing something right now, today, today. To put a good ripple effect in the world. To put good causes that you know will create good effects in your life. You may not ever be able to work off. You, well, what I'll say is this. It is fruitless to worry about the bad things and the mistakes and the missteps that we've done. I think I explained this actually on the last episode as well. All we can do right now is focus on making the most out of the current moment. No opportunity wasted, y'all. I'll see you next week.